Welcome to Upvoted Tifu, where OP selling makes no sense, writes, This happened to me about 15 years ago. I was living with my best friend and his family at the time. I was working full-time and going to school full-time. He was just getting his business off the ground. My friend, Kevin, is absolutely brilliant academically. He's got a master's degree in some specialized engineering and can design robots and specialized parts for multi-million dollar machines. His wife, Alice, has a master's in accounting slash fancy numbers math and can do math that is miles above what I can even imagine. They are two of the most intelligent people I know. And yet they're pretty dumb. They've nearly fallen for rent scams, her parents saved them, email phishing, her boss saved them, charity scams, I saved them, and a few other very obvious scams. I love them to death, but they are the type of people that need a lot of support. They are also the nicest people I know, hearts of gold, regularly giving their time and money to helping people in need though their family and friends have helped them realize that they need to give less money when they have huge debts. Because of this, they are surrounded by a group of amazing people. They have a very strong group of support. They both come from large extended families who remained close, and they have tons of wonderful friends. They've helped me so much over the years. I would do anything to help them too. Kevin and Alice were part of a pretty large church. I attended regularly, but I largely was on the outside looking in. Life kept me too busy. Kevin and Alice had also been part of that church for their whole lives. Their parents had both been going there since before they were born. It was a regular church. The people were all nice, and they ran a lot of programs that helped people leaving domestic violence, and they held regular offerings in order to help members of the community who were struggling. If the church found out that someone in town had lost a family member, They would reach out and make sure the family had food, clothes, support, and whatever they needed. Everything was going really well. One day, I was at the church, and the church announced that the pastor was leaving. Now, that wasn't a surprise to anyone. He was old, and his two sons had both moved to Europe, so his heart was overseas already. I didn't think much of it, but it started a chain reaction that made a lot of the attendees uncomfortable. I saw some political maneuvering happening in the church, and eventually the church named the new pastor, a social worker who had just finished seminary. The new pastor had been attending their whole lives and was mostly tolerated by everyone. They were a member of the New Democratic Party, which has become a very left-wing party, and began using the pulpit to spread very political messaging. The church elders sincerely believed that the new pastor was the right choice in leading the church body down a path to reconciliation with indigenous peoples, but quite honestly didn't realize they should have consulted us first. That's where the first rift started. The indigenous congregants began to push back against some of the white savior messaging, and it spiraled from there. Within about 18 months, the church was split. Some were supporting the new pastor, Other groups had clung to some right-wing BS, shepherding doctrine. But most people just wanted to go back to doing what the church had always done, without the political distractions. Enter Roger. Roger had been attending for about a decade, and he stood out at every moment. He was tall. He was a beautiful man. He was incredibly articulate. He oozed quiet charisma. When the dude talked, people listened. He was one of the head managers at the regional industry. 
The guy had it all. He drove a fancy car, way too fast, dangerously fast. He had a nice house. Heck, he even married the nicest lady ever. He was well-admired and well-respected. But he struggled with reading people's social cues. I and many others wondered at points if he was a sociopath. But after getting to know him, he was probably a bit on the spectrum. Roger was one of the active voices during the split. People began to flock to him during the meetings, and he was getting more and more calls to lead various groups and ministries. He called people on their BS and found himself getting ostracized by the people attempting to play group politics. He took it hard, but kept doing what he was doing. Kevin and Alice were the biggest supporters of Roger. Roger was really good with Kevin, and eventually contracted Kevin to work for the regional industry. Kevin eventually asked Roger to mentor him, and Roger agreed. Kevin and Roger became really close. Alice became really close with Roger's wife. They saw each other multiple times per week. They always seemed to be planning their next activity or talking something work-related. I would join them on occasion, but I mostly kept to my studies and work. We'd all eat together maybe two to three times a week. Everyone got along fine. Even today, I'm not friends with Roger, but we still message each other if we need something. At one of these meals, they were talking about the new pastor's political ramblings during the sermons. That's when I came up with the, in hindsight, worst suggestion. Honestly, Roger, why don't you just have your own Sunday service? I said it flippantly. I wasn't speaking to be serious. Alice loved the idea, though. She got so excited. Kevin liked it. Roger wasn't opposed. It logically made sense. It was decided by the end of the meal we were going to make a home church. We wouldn't separate from the main church, but we would let Roger lead a separate Sunday service from his living room. We got to work. Well, mostly Roger did. And started to spread the word. First week, six people showed up. Second week, 25 did. Way too cramped that week. We started getting 15-ish people coming a week. They were mostly the young adults from the church. They craved having the stability. And it grew from there. Roger started a men's group, and his wife started a women's group. We did group activities. We created our own mini-activities. We did everything. I wasn't super involved, and I ended up taking a three-month work term elsewhere in the world roughly two to three months after everything started. I got an email during that time away asking to meet with the elders of the original church. Super nice guys. Most are still good friends of mine. And I agreed to meet them a week after I got back. At the meeting, they asked a lot of questions. They asked, who was the spiritual leader of Kevin? I told them Roger was. They asked me who Kevin's emotional support was. I told them Roger was. They asked me who Kevin's financial support came from. I told them Roger was. I realized during that talk the mistake we'd made. Kevin was completely reliant on Roger for everything. It wasn't just Kevin, either. There was about a dozen other people who were in that same position. Their entire lives were dependent on one man, and that one man had the ability to completely destroy them. It went well beyond that. There was no accountability. Roger had even begun moving a bunch of the young guys into his rental properties. He had one house for young women and one house for young men. Him and his wife would go there daily to guide them and help them. There was a bunch of other red flags we'd missed. I knew Roger pretty well at this point. 
I knew he had done that to people already. Roger had a temper, and he had no problem bringing consequences to people who crossed him. The first guy had done poor, lazy work for Roger. The second guy had attempted to sexually harass Roger's daughter. Both relied on Roger for work and emotional support. Both found themselves out of work and ostracized from the community when they crossed Roger. The realization of how much power Roger had, it scared me. Roger was a good guy. He still is. But there was just too much control and influence in his hands without any accountability or checks in place. He ran a community by himself without anyone being able to stop him. I was legit scared. I realized I screwed up in helping get this group off the ground. It wasn't wrong to have the group. It was wrong to not have safeguards in place. I talked to Kevin and Alice about it that evening. Kevin was about to brush it off, but the realization of how vulnerable they were freaked Alice out to the point where she begged Kevin to expand his business beyond the industry's contracts. Kevin agreed with her. Thank heavens. The business is much healthier for it now. And that started a process in which they reestablished social connections beyond the group. I called Roger to set up a time to meet with him to confront him. The elders beat me to it. Roger was freaked out to realize he had accidentally started a cult. He had begun to work to legitimize the group. The elders worked with him, and the group formally disconnected from the church and joined a denomination of churches to provide oversight and accountability. Roger kept the group going, but did it with support. The group is still going strong today. Kevin and Alice are part of it. Roger stepped back last year due to burnout, but he's still part of it too. I'm not, but still am besties with Kevin and Alice. Kevin was even a groomsman at my wedding, and Alice was a bridesmaid. We can look back at it now and laugh. At the time, we accidentally started a cult. And that was an upvoted Tifu story by OP Selling Makes No Sense. Now go out there, have a great day, and don't fuck it up.